Good morning, and welcome to this first Friday radio show at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. This is Father Stosh Daly, joined live in the studio with Joanne Wilson. Good morning, Father. Now we're like the flying wounded here. Okay. Yes, we are. <laughs> so, Chuck is out, and we're waiting our third special guest this morning, uh, Emily Jaminette. This morning, we look forward to going over the beautiful gifts of the holy season of Advent in this month of December. But we also are going to recap the Congress of the Sacred Heart, which was held last month, a beautiful event which brought uh, between 800 and 1,000 people together at St. Michael the Archangel Church in Worthington, Ohio. It was a happening, Father. It was a beautiful event. It, it really was. was. Fast-paced, moving a lot. Today we'll begin our Hour to the Sacred Heart with the daily offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Joanne, I don't know where the time goes. Me either, Father. Part of me wishes it would come back. And I'm But then old. A, a part of me is like, God, no, just time stay there. Has gone by in my life. <laughs> Here we are already in Advent. <laughs> that one candle's already been lit. And now we're on to the second one. Uh, Joanne, in your own life, in your own family, uh, what comes to your mind with regard to the holy season of Advent? You know, we, we're fortunately, uh, because we had this beautiful event last night at St. Jones, where Emily and I shared about Advent, shared about the legacy of faith. It gave me an opportunity to really reflect on years past and also to be challenged by today. And I think really, you know, you think about Lent. Lent is a time where we are more easily in tuned with preparation. Advent, it's we have to take more of a conscious time to really prepare because there's so many secular things that's true which is not it's not bad right but especially for i think women in particular of you know the shopping and the baking and the decorating and the cards that we really have to be purposeful to say this is a time of preparing not just my home and not just my family but my heart right and you, I mean, I know no one else has listened to any other radio stations oh, other than us no. ever. Is there one? I wasn't aware of that. So, but if you happen to make a mistake and turn that dial, you, you might run into Christmas music already being played. And you know, it's fine when you hear the fa la 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 la. But then the, the tragedy is when we actually come to the great event of the Lord's Nativity, Christmas, it's like, by 8 p.m. on Christmas Day, everything stops. And that's, oh. that's actually when the Christmas season begins. Exactly. Advent is its own season. And it's a beautiful opportunity to prepare our hearts for the coming of the Lord. And that chaos and that fast-paced, uh, hectic lifestyle that so many of us are surrounded by, in the middle of all that, the church is asking us to what? Calm down. Yeah. You know, become focused. And with the Sacred Heart enthronement, bringing the Sacred Heart into the home, yeah, there's that temptation to think another thing to do in Advent, <laughs> another thing to do in preparation for Christmas. But in truth, it's the best thing to do 
and preparation. If you've already brought the Sacred Heart of Jesus into your home, it's a beautiful time to prepare for the coming of the Lord. Now, Advent is one of those beautiful seasons. Most of us traditionally think that Advent is a preparation for the birth. But if you enter into the readings of the Holy Mass on Sunday and on daily Mass as well, or if you go into the readings for the Office of Readings uh, in the Liturgy of the Hours, you'll see that Advent has a multiple uh, layers of dimensions and preparation. The first of which is actually not the preparation for so much the nativity, but the coming of the Lord, period. So it's like the coming of the Lord at the end of the ages. And it's like, this is a period for us to have a four-week-long, maybe a three-and-a-half-week-long this year, period of preparation for the Lord. So we, a lot of us have that practice of every night before we go to bed, we just think of our day. What happened? Who did I see? What was I supposed to do? Okay, I got to do that tomorrow because I didn't get mm-hmm. it done today. But in truth, that's a kind of examination of conscience. Exactly. We're thinking about our day. Well, Advent is basically a season-long examination of conscience. Really? It's like, this is how I've lived my life, but I know the Lord is coming. And it's like the opening prayer for last Sunday's Mass, the first Sunday of Advent, the priest begged God for the mercy that we could run forth to meet the Lord, which is a powerful statement because mm-hmm. it's like, I'm not just going to wait where I am and hope that Jesus finds mm-hmm. me. No, mm-hmm. I know I want him and I'm going to run towards him and I need a grace to do that. And if we want that grace, it's like, we need to have a familiarity. You know, he can't be a stranger, of course. And knowing him, loving him, having him in our homes. You know, at the Congress, we were highlighting how, well, yeah, sometimes Jesus will come in and he'll rearrange the furniture. You know? Yes, we, ta- we use that same expression, Father. That is, people relate to that because um, it's, it's a beautiful uh, way to gently explain. And very apropos. <laughs> yes. He didn't move the furniture in the rectory where I live. He just got rid of it all. So. <laughs> Now we are joined by our third host this morning, Emily. Welcome. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> so your mom and I are going into the, the beauty of Advent and the, how perfect it is in this season of preparation to make sure the Lord's sacred heart is in our home. Now, as a mother of little ones from preschool to high school and college even, uh, you know, and you were just out on the road taking your children to school and, you know, joining us. What comes to your mind with regard to the power of the Sacred Heart, the relevancy of the Sacred Heart in a home that's trying to get ready for the coming of the Lord? Well, Father, I think you touch on... Do you want to breathe first? you want to breathe? (laughs) I just finished all my carpooling. So, um, but, you know, one of the things that's really struck me is that the world is saying that this is the season of materialism, Mm. you know, and Mm -hmm. it starts with Black Friday and every day and Amazon and, you know, it, it doesn't stop. But I think as Catholics, we have the solution to our real problems, the real needs of our heart. And that is the sacred heart because every home needs love and there is nothing worse than all the material items in the world and no love. And in many families, we've all had that moment where you've given a child a gift and they aren't grateful, or we've all had that moment where even we can look back and see that same reality in our own heart. Mm -hmm. So without the conversion of a heart, the, the, the Christmas morning experience lacks so much. And I love this devotion. I'm so passionate about enthronement because of what comes back to us, the testimonies of people saying it wasn't only that our furniture was rearranged, but our priorities. The reason why we exist was was revealed to this family. And um, I'm just it it doesn't involve the materialism. And I think that, um, you know, I'm like you said, 20 to three. 
you know, this isn't the season of wish listing and, and that's what it's become, yeah. you know, okay, mom, this is my list and this is what I want. And this is what, you know, in verse, what do I need? I need Jesus. So I'm, I um, have a story that came to mind <laughs> that many of you might relate to. And this is when Chad was a little boy. He was probably, oh, maybe six or seven. And it was this happy, I thought, (laughs) (laughs) Christmas morning. And Chuck, we had gotten one of those video cameras. And he set it up on the, you know, tripod. And we just let it roll so we could remember how wonderful Christmas morning was with small children. Well, (laughs) I forget what Chad wanted, but he didn't get it. And after opening up these presents that I I was the shopper, had worked so hard for, and Chuck had worked, and the finances and the credit cards and all that, he threw himself on the couch and started crying. And Chuck turned to me and said, why didn't you buy him that? <laughs> And we had this ridiculous scene in our family, and it was such a grace Mm. because it was a moment for me to really take note in both of us that it's not in the presence. You can't be filled with no matter what it is. If you don't have Jesus in your heart, if you don't have the focus on what it's all about, it's going to be empty. Yeah. Now there might not be crying going on, but <laughs> yeah. but you know, I I that was such a moment for me of we needed to focus more on Jesus. We needed to focus more on the coming of the Lord and all, also that day of the celebration of Jesus being man and being a child and being in our lives. Well, and mom, I think you bring up a good point about realistic expectations yeah. for Christmas, for the Advent season, you know, and I think we put so much pressure uh, on ourselves that um, this moment, the Sacred Heart Hour is a reminder. It's not about, did you mail all 200 Christmas cards and bake the cookies mm-hmm. and wrap all the gifts? I mean, those things are not the essential element of Christmas. And I know, Father, you you definitely see that and know that reality, but um, you know, this past year, someone uh, I, I met a number of families that were so busy preparing for Christmas, they didn't actually go to mass, and that really, yeah. <laughs> wow, you know. But yeah. I, but that's a that's a temptation yeah. as Catholics yeah. if it's Sunday it. mass, Christmas mass, whatever that is. So this is the reset button. Yeah. First Friday <clears throat> is that reminder of, you know, why are we, why do we exist? You know, and it's it's because of the love of God. And I think even like. You know where does the Lord fall in our our uh, our life? You know where does He fall in the home? Um, mm-hmm. We we have so much uh, devotion, if you will, and attention, and you know, and there's nothing wrong with it, given to the Christmas tree and the decorations. But you walk into the home and there's no manger, mm-hmm. there's no crash, you know, there's no crib, the mm-hmm. the little you know the little cave or the little stable with Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, uh, and just the rich family tradition of like you know, in my family growing up. When all the grandkids were together, the youngest grandkid got to put baby Jesus in the actual uh, crib itself. 
And I, I can't remember if we did it before or after the vigil mass, or maybe it was midnight mass or Christmas day. I can't remember, but it was at my grandparents' home. And my brother uh, was the youngest of all the grandkids. You know, and it was just something beautiful. And if we could find him, he got to do it. You know? um, if not, it was just, it, it kind of kept everything in, in focus. You know, it's like, this is more about the Lord, more about his birth. Uh, but I have to say, you know, even growing up, Advent, I don't remember Advent being mm-hmm. Advent. I remember a wreath. And I remember Father wearing purple, you know, and then, of course, there's that one Sunday where he wears the color that's not purple. <laughs> I refuse to call it pink. I'm in protest. It's rose. <laughs> um, but I, I remember that. But it's almost like, you know, I was not not anyone's fault, but I was just deprived of the richness of the life of the mm-hmm. church. And uh, now as a priest, I look out and you can see the stress on people's faces sitting in the pews going to mass you can just you can see that there's that concern that worry there i mean it is like getting beaten up you know everyone's like oh my goodness because of the way the calendar falls the time between thanksgiving and christmas is less now and everyone's worried about not making the profit it's like well why i'd be more worried about not being ready for the coming of the king um and i know that's priest talk you know but it's supposed to be christian we need talk to hear that priest you know? talk, but i think there's an opportunity for us when we look at the sacred heart of jesus it's like when he comes to our home uh, will he find that place of rest? You know, in the prayers of the enthronement, we say our home is supposed to be another Bethany. But in truth, looking ahead, it's also supposed to be Bethlehem. You know, it, our home is Calvary. Mm-hmm. Now, we can all identify with that one. Yeah. You know, we can all identify with Calvary. But can we identify with our home being Bethlehem, mm-hmm. being Bethany, being Nazareth, mm-hmm. where the Lord is actually at peace with our family? And when the missionaries will come to someone's home to assist in aid with the enthronement, you know, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people are filled with consternation or anxiety or nervousness. They're like, oh, everyone's got to be on their best behavior. Everything's got to be perfect. You know, don't look at the water stain in the ceiling. Mm -hmm. It's like the missionaries are not there to look at anything. They're just there to help you open your home to the heart of Jesus. How much more so when the Lord comes day in and day out. And, you know, at the Congress of the Sacred Heart last month, we were given, um, a beautiful, beautiful imagery from our bishop, Bishop Brennan. You know, he highlighted how there has to be that mercy present in our hearts, in our lives, in our homes. And he used that powerful imagery of the ocean of mercy. Now, I know Chuck isn't with us this morning, but he really clung on to that one. Oh, he <laughs> Coming from New that England. Ocean image. But I, I think, you know, we're going to um, go into a clip yeah. from the Congress of the Sacred Heart where our bishop, Bishop Brennan, speaks of the reality of the oceans of mercy and how that's supposed to be in our own lives. One of the revelations to St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, as Jesus says to her, in my sacred heart, the sinner will find oceans of mercy. Think of that. In my sacred heart, the sinner will find oceans of mercy. I tease when people say, what do you miss about Long Island? I say, my family in the ocean. (laughs) That's about it. (laughs) But you stand and you look out at the beach and you look out at the ocean... And what you, you just see, beyond what you could see, it's just yeah, the ocean, it, you can't even take it in. It's so large. 
And yet Jesus says that's just the beginning of the depth of his love and mercy. When we celebrate the sacred heart of Jesus, what we realize is that God is indeed very close to us. Closer than anyone could ever imagine. And that God is always calling us, drawing us in, drawing us to those oceans of mercy. There is nothing beyond God's mercy. And he gives it to us in a very real, tangible way through the sacrament of reconciliation in confession. When we can open our hearts to God simply and honestly, we find those oceans of mercy. We're drawn into his sacred heart. Joanne. Wow. Now, we were both at the Congress. All three of us were at the Congress. And what's beautiful to me is remembering uh, the bishop. He was not reading notes. He was speaking from the heart. And one of the things that really pierced uh, just my line of thinking while he was speaking was when he said, none of us can ever fully know how close the Lord is to us. Mm. So, you know, if you're uh, right now listening to us and you're thinking of your home, whether it's a house, an apartment, a condominium, a shared residence, and you're thinking of your home, I mean, take to heart the words of the bishop. None of us knows just how close the Lord is to us. But when we see his heart, when we see his sacred heart into our home, it's a powerful reminder every day, every morning, every afternoon, every evening that he's there. I mean, it's a visible reminder of the reality, the spiritual reality that is true, that he is so close to us. Um, and the other thing is, you know, like our family has to be, our family itself, our home whether it's a blood family, a family of friends, whether it's just neighbors, that has to be an ocean of mercy. Like people know when they come into our home, it's like, this is a place of peace. This is a place of mercy. It doesn't mean that, you know, the Tonka truck isn't going to be launched across the living room. <laughs> it doesn't mean hair's not going to get pulled or shoes aren't, you know, taken. But there still has to be mercy there, you know? And um, I remember when the bishop was speaking this beautiful uh, homily at the Congress, you could literally hear a pin drop. At St. Michael's Church, which is huge. I mean, St. Michael's Church is a huge church, and it was full. Uh, I mean, it was just, we were very blessed to have him there. Well, and for those of you who were not at the Congress this year, that you can go on the archives and you can hear the talks. It's not the same as being there. Right. And I really invite you to really consider and mark your calendars to come next year because uh, it is a renewal and it's also a time to learn. And it's a, it's just a fabulous day of day of grace, but also, you know, we need to know, I think it was so providential. I know it was providential. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's providential that our Lord revealed his love. Mm. And then divine mercy is more of a focus on his mercy because oftentimes it's really when we know the love that we understand how much mercy yeah. has been given to us. That's true. It's so beautiful. And well, for those who are able this morning, beginning at 9 a.m. following the Hour of the Sacred Heart, the entirety of Bishop's homily is going to be played and oh, re-aired. Oh, that's going to be a wonderful uh, But if that doesn't work out or if you know, there's errands mm-hmm. to be run or traffic to be fought, you know, uh, it is archived on St. Gabriel Radio. 
And I think that that archive is worth sharing. You totally. know, one of the things yeah. that we can do as Catholics, and especially during Advent, share these great talks, you know, remind people that these beautiful moments such as the Sacred Heart Congress were not just for us present physically there, but we can pass that on to other and others. And I was thinking, Father, when you were talking, you know, that ocean of mercy, what better time than to forgive family members right oh. now? Totally. You know, as yeah. we approach Christmas, and I'll, I'll tell you, you know, there's seven kids, 20 to three. There are times we need to come together and mm-hmm. say those really hard words of, I'm sorry. Yep. Like, that is so hard to do. Mm-hmm. And some of my kids, more than others, I, I actually kind of struggle with those words. I forget to say them, mm-hmm. we can say. <laughs> and my husband will say, if you just say you're sorry... It will make everything easier. And I'm like, well, I didn't say that. And he's like, no, you actually never said it. And then we realized, oh, I never said I'm sorry. Okay. And um, and then I can, I can move forward and apologize. But those simple little moments are transformative. And that's an inspiration of the Sacred Heart. Emily, he you're the that. MC at the Congress. Yes. How did the talks hit you? Because oh, there's all the stress of what's next, who's next, where is whoever's supposed to be next. You know? <laughs> You're truly guilty. Um, <laughs> no. You know what? I was very touched. I was very touched by the overall themes were just interwoven together and beautiful. I was so touched you know, by the bishop's just response to us as mm. Columbus, our diocese, and, and the impact that they had on him. And and I think that that's that's true when you live a life of ministry. If you're you know um, fathers a priest or you know active in the community, you also need to be fed. Yes. And I think that you know I like to say I can't live off crumbs. And that day completely filled me up oh, and good. and really renewed my love for the Sacred Heart. Remind me of the commitment I have as a wife and a mom and passing the faith on in the home. And you know th- those things are not just for you know, we're not just preaching it. We have to live it. It's true. And Father, when you mentioned about, you know, seeing the images and and in your home, I want to remind the listeners that when you open your door to the Sacred Heart, we bring images. That's right. And, you know, at no cost to you, they're beautiful. They're framed yeah. because... Many do not have them. And if you do have them, you have some more. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And share the wealth. <laughs> but we need to have those, as uh, Mother Angelica said, holy reminders. Absolutely. And that's one of the questions that a lot of people have is like, well, where do I begin? Yeah. How do I begin? And that's one of the opportunities we have with this monthly First Friday uh, program is to go through the enthronement, highlight the power of the enthronement of the Sacred Heart in your home, in your life, but also to give you the opportunity to call in and ask questions here. You know, So always feel free to call in to St. Gabriel Radio, 614-459-4820. Again, 614-459-4820, because St. Gabriel Radio has become one of the great advocates yes, and also is. promoters of the Sacred Heart Enthronement. And you know, it was really beautiful because uh, at the Congress we had Bishop uh, Brennan, and he spoke of the beauty of the Sacred Heart in his homily, Oceans of Mercy. We have another clip we're going to go into, the eternity in our hands. And then, of course, we had Bill Messerly from St. Gabriel yes. Radio. And we had you know all of these powerful... Uh, insights given to us from a variety of different backgrounds, and one of the one of the beautiful things was how the bishop highlighted he saw, you know, you, you know, if you're listening to us, he saw you, mm-hmm. he saw people of the diocese from uh, from the far north to the far south, the east and the west, the northeast, the northwest, um, 
And that was so beautiful. Like he recognized members of the faithful at the Congress and he pulled it all in, offered these words for our consideration, uh, you know, let us in the prayers of the Holy Mass. And, you know, having considered his, uh, his own uh, obedience to the Lord, you know, following the Lord's call from his family, from the ocean <laughs> to here in Columbus, uh, and then now heading into his next clip that we have for you in your consideration in this hour, the Sacred Heart Hour. And we just want to give you that another little nudge, another little reminder that our bishop um, you know, really would like to see the Sacred Heart in every home, in every home, in every heart in this diocese so that we're strong and that we can survive. This morning, like every morning, I held eternity in my hand. And then I ate it, and tomorrow I will do the same. God has become so constant and so believable. Imagine that, that every day we have the opportunity to touch Christ, to receive Christ, to hold Christ in our own hearts, every day we touch eternity. God indeed has become so constant and so believable. That's really the heart of what we are celebrating today. As we look upon Jesus crucified, his side pierced with the lance, the blood and the water flowing from his side. We all see the images of the sacramental life of the church. But we see that God has become so real. God has become vulnerable. And in that vulnerability, has given his life on the cross. There would be no sacred heart unless God chose to become human. Once again, we just heard another clip from Bishop Brennan from the most recent Congress of the Sacred Heart held last month in November. Uh, In that clip, the bishop draws a powerful connection between the Sacred Heart in the home and the Holy Eucharist, eternity in our hands when we enter into the mystery of the Holy Mass. That particular clip, the bishop was referring to how in the Mass, you know, as a priest of Jesus Christ at the altar, he holds our Lord in his hands, eternity in our hands. And when we receive our Lord... When we receive our Lord in Holy Communion, when we go to Holy Mass and we receive the Blessed Sacrament, you know, we've just received eternity. We have tasted, we've consumed eternity. And, you know, keep in mind, the bishop was preaching these words during his homily offered uh, in a Mass for the Congress of the Sacred Heart uh, here in Columbus, the 8th Annual Congress of the Sacred Heart. And the, the whole point, the big context was the heart of Jesus that's in the tabernacle, the heart of Jesus we receive in the Holy Mass is the heart of Jesus that we're supposed to have in our homes. There's not supposed to be this idea where we go to the church, we meet Jesus, and then we leave Jesus. No, we're supposed to go to the church, we receive Jesus in Mass, but then we encounter him once again at home. And when you see the sacred heart of Jesus in your home, in your living room, in your kitchen, in your bedroom, in the hallway, it's a powerful reminder of the eternity that awaits you in the Mass, you know? Uh, Joanne and Emily, when the bishop highlighted that eternity in our hands, you know, what comes to your mind? What comes to your heart? Well, I was just so touched by that language. I'd never heard that expression before. 
And it really um, struck me of the privilege of being Catholic, the the opportunity to be fed spiritual food, the body and blood of Jesus Christ every time I go to Mass. And um, last night, my mom and I gave a talk at St. Joan's. And I was saying, you know, it's not reserved just for one service a week. Mm. You know, if you show up only at the 12 o'clock, you know, mass, you get this. This is an opportunity. This is what it means to be Catholic. And um, again, when we talked about, you know, this idea of not living off crumbs during Advent, you need to embrace your faith even more because the world is pushing back with materialism, yeah. and secularism, and, and entertainment to the point that you can lose your focus. So his homily really was a great reminder that this is where I go. This mm-hmm. is where you you receive that, that spiritual food. You know, it kind of made me think about the need for quiet mm-hmm. because that little sentence is so deep. It, it really is one that, it's hard for me to just all of a sudden reflect on it. I really have to kind of settle with it yeah, and let true. it really penetrate. Yep. But so often, as Emily was talking about this time of year, it's you have to carve out quiet. You do. You have, yeah. to, you have to say yes to having that time where you can really contemplate our Lord Jesus you know, uh, God mm-hmm. becoming man, I know. <laughs> becoming a baby, yep. vulnerable, needing to ha- have a care of a mother choosing mm-hmm. that in a family life. It, it's really something that um, you can think about quickly and miss it. It's true. Just like the heart in your home, very much the Eucharist at Mass. You know, I mean, it breaks my heart as a priest when you see someone come up to receive our yeah. Lord and they don't appreciate the gravity of love that's about yeah. to take place. I mean, the Lord Jesus is giving himself to you, yeah. you know, and yet in our homes, how often do we enter into an argument or even, a, you know, it mm-hmm. could be a peaceful conversation and we're, we're ignorant or we're blind to his presence right there. You know, and there's an opportunity in this mm-hmm. season to just kindle the love. To, or rekindle the love, you know, uh, to have that opportunity. You know, there's no reason why the Advent wreath can't be close to the Sacred Heart image or to bring the Sacred Heart image close to the Advent wreath to realize we're preparing for the manifestation, that full manifestation of his heart. We've covered so much ground in this first segment of the Sacred Heart Hour. I'm exhausted and I'm also sick. <laughs> so I'm exhausted because I'm sick. But running the marathon, that is the Sacred Heart Hour. We're going to bring this first segment to a close by turning to the Lord's Sacred Heart. And offering ourselves to him in all of our thoughts, our hopes, dreams, and desires. O most holy heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, we adore you, we love you, and with a lively sorrow for our sins, we offer you this poor heart of ours. Make us humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that we may live in you and for you. Protect us in the midst of danger. Comfort us in our afflictions. Give us health of body assistance in our temporal needs, your blessings in all that we do, and the grace of a holy death. Amen. Amen. Here's my challenge for you today. Make the people around you know you're grateful for them. Make them feel loved, valued, appreciated. And the power to be a blessing like that, it starts with prayer. The other day I woke up stressed, tired, distracted by work. I wasn't queued up to be a blessing, but a drain on the people around me. So I stopped, and I spent a few minutes in prayer just thanking God for each member of my family by name, and it instantly reoriented me. 
It's just so easy to go through the day treating people like you're taking them for granted when you are. Get intentional about treating your greatest gifts from God, those people around you, every day like they're gifts. When we're intentional about that, it creates an atmosphere where people feel safe and loved and where the family starts to feel a little like heaven on earth. As the ancient chant says, Ubi caritas et amor Deus ibi est. Where charity and love are, God is there. For more from my book, I Am, visit rewriteyourname.com. I'm Chris Stefanik from Real Life Catholic. Well, as a teenager, I didn't really see how relevant uh, religion was in my life. In my early 20s, I... I began to look at other faiths. Well, I, I understand as, as a Catholic that the things that I, were, I was given uh, at a very early age, those things never ended. They're still with me. That's what drew me back. Because the Catholic Church is, a, is worldwide, th- there are so many different types of people that come to the church, and, and it's a place where I feel accepted for who I am. I'm where God wants me to be. And, and I feel like my life is, can be used for what he wants now. And when I came back, I said, Lord, you were waiting for me the whole time with your arms open wide, and I have come home. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Good morning, and welcome back to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. You caught us on one of those live moments. <laughs> so, very off the cuff, very real. Nothing hidden here at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio's Sacred Heart Hour on the first Friday of the month. And keep that in mind, we are joining you live from St. Gabriel Catholic Radio on this first Friday because this is the day dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. First Friday of every month is set aside by Holy Mother the Church to receive Holy Communion and to offer up the graces of that Holy Communion in reparation for sins committed against the sacred heart of Jesus. We attend Holy Mass. Obviously, we receive our Lord. Uh, It's understood that we receive our Lord in a state of grace. It's also a powerful day to get in the habit of making a good confession on the first Friday. And it's it's a beautiful opportunity to just kind of pause and reflect because every Friday is a day where we can remember the passion of our Lord on the cross, you know, suffering and dying to obliterate and take away our sins, to bring us into the ocean of mercy as Bishop Brandon so beautifully highlighted. Every Friday is a day set aside for remembering and reliving with great love and perseverance our Lord's passion. But on the first Friday of the month, we're invited to make acts of reparation for sins committed against his heart, his heart that was pierced on the cross by the lance, uh, his heart that poured forth blood and water, his heart that opens up the mercy of the Father in heaven upon us. So the first Friday... Uh, the first Friday is set aside, uh, and it was at the request of our Lord himself when he was appearing to St. Margaret Mary in Père France. So the first Friday is a day dedicated to special honor and veneration to the heart of Jesus, the heart of Jesus that comes to us in the Holy Eucharist, the heart of Jesus that we've been invited to have in our homes. Um, you know, as we enter into this next segment of the Sacred Heart Hour here at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, just invite you to join us with the Daily Covenant Renewal. Dear Sacred Heart of Jesus, we renew our pledge of love and loyalty to you. Keep us always close to your loving heart and to the most immaculate heart of your mother. May we love one another more each day, forgiving each other's faults as you forgive us our sins. Teach us to see you in the members of our family and those we meet outside the home, loving them as you love them, especially the poor and oppressed, 
that we may be instrumental in bringing about justice and peace. Please help us carry our cross daily out of love for you and help us strengthen this love by frequent participation in the celebration of the Eucharist. Thank you, dear Jesus, for all the blessings of this day. Protect us and all families during the night that is to come and help us to live that we might get to heaven and reign with you forever. Amen. Amen. Joanne, what's the enthronement? Well, I just talked about Jesus. This is what's when this is when we're missing Chuck. <laughs> 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 he is kind of our well, he's many things, but the engineer, the nuts and bolts, the how-to, in a systematic, the organized playground monitor. way. Exactly. He's one that keeps Father Stoss and Joanne in check. Exactly. <laughs> okay, train back on the tracks. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, basically the enthronement is more of a formal way. It's a way of officially saying, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Mm. And Jesus, you are welcome here. You, we want to acknowledge that you are our Lord, our brother, our savior, our friend. And you do that. We are so blessed in Columbus. We have several, many, 60, 80 missionaries who will accompany you, who will come to your home and um, get you started, pray with you. But to just remind you, you only need to open the door. That's right. We bring everything. Yeah. We bring manuals. We bring rosaries. We bring pictures. We leave a donation envelope if that is something you are interested in. But really, it's not about that. It's about just getting getting Jesus in homes mm-hmm. and, and really receiving the promises yeah, absolutely. The promises made to St. Margaret Mary in the 1600s for those who expose but also honor Father, mm-hmm. his an image of his most sacred heart. So it, there's really no reason not to do it mm-hmm. except all the worldly reasons of, oh, my house is a mess and my <laughs> children are unruly or it's just not a good time. I'm just so busy. And we can come up with so many reasons not to, but none of them are very good. It's true. Um, I just wanted to share briefly. Oh, please do. (laughs) That really the enthronement is the new beginning. Uh, You know, and um, this morning on Sacred Heart Radio, we were talking about the importance of First Friday. And, you know, um, it was really the emphasis of saying many people join our Catholic Church and say, you know, like, oh, I made it. And and instead of saying it's actually a new beginning mm. and every day is a new beginning, an opportunity to grow closer to Christ. So I think that that's a very important um, reminder. Enthronement is not the end. It's the beginning. And also, as father was talking about reparation, I know that's a very big word as for many of us. We don't understand what that means. You read St. Margaret Mary, um, her diary, and it's a little confusing on why. She's doing these acts of reparation. But what someone recently said to me is, what I love about St. Margaret Mary is that she was always doing these acts on behalf of other people. She was interceding for Mm -hmm. them. And I think that that's very applicable to now that many of us struggle if it's even getting out of bed, if it's our anxiety, if it's our depression, if it's whatever that that cross you're carrying, you know what? You're going to offer it to the Mm -hmm. Lord and there's value. You can, you cannot offer it to the Lord and you're going to stay in that same place. But if you continue to offer up your sacrifices 
if it's driving your carpool when you're kind of a little annoyed <laughs> and you want to be at St. Gabriel and you're like, what? Get out of the house. Yeah. But, but whatever that is, it's a new beginning. And I think that as Catholics, yeah. if we can embrace that, that mindset and that thinking, we're going to, as the promises say, get out of that state of lukewarmness, lukewarmness yeah. and continue to climb the steps of perfection and not resent our vocation, our life, yeah. our family, because that's what I see the enthronement doing is it's transforming lives. It, as someone said, nothing changed about my family, but everything changed because yeah. I changed yeah. on how I viewed mm-hmm. my job, my life, my finances, everything got, got in the right place. And, and lastly, you know, we, we are so blessed to have Sacred Heart Columbus is truly, like we say, the inspiration for the country to have mm-hmm. these 80 missionaries here at your disposal. And one of the things that we realized with bringing this nationally is we can't, you know, reproduce Chuck and Joanne Wilson all across the country and, and <laughs> <Thank God. laughs> clone them. But what we can do is we can mail you a self-enthronement kit. Oh, yeah. And at Welcome is Heart, we do have a great series yeah. that Father Stosh um, <laughs> shares, Father, on, okay. on, you know, one of the things he said, he said at welcomeisheart.com is, you know, um, really it's to whom do you belong? Yeah. And I think that w- when we know our identity, when yeah. we know our value, we can get out of bed in the morning. We can yeah. embrace those trials. You know, I'm I'm on this live program right now with two mothers, and you're gonna. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm presuming. I'm presuming. I know that's never that's never good. Um, you know, but you walk into your room, you walk into the living room, you walk into the kitchen, and you see a catastrophe. Hmm. You know, whether it's someone. Uh, didn't put the cat back on the milk and then it knocks over and there's milk all over the kitchen or the been coffee there. the coffee table's <laughs> been shattered, you know, something. And you look at the kids, you know, you look at the children, you look at your husband and say, who did this? Now, the natural response as a result of the effects of original sin, everyone asserts the, oh, I didn't do it. Well, I, not me. You know, I was in the other room. I wasn't even in the house. I'm not even a part of this family. <laughs> everyone makes their excuse. And it's so incredible how... You know, how many of us rush in to start to repair? Mm. Most of us are focused on making the excuse as to why it wasn't me or defending. It's like, oh, no, it it was not me, you know. And it's always incredible how the one who's guilty is usually the very last one to say, no, no, it wasn't me. (laughs) Father, we we like to call him Mr. Invisible lives at our house. (laughs) So we have seven kids and we say, well, Mr. Invisible must have did it because... I mean, there's shoes everywhere, there's towels all over the bathroom. So what you're saying, plays, you know, it's hitting every yeah. one of us right to and the And you, you see something happen, you're like, well, who did this? And everyone's like, not me, not me, not me. You know, but when St. Margaret Mary introduced this idea of reparation, she, the idea is when the Lord exposes the broken heart, his broken heart, his pierced and broken heart, he's not looking for St. Margaret Mary, he's not looking for Father Stosh, he's not looking for Emily or Joanne to say, it wasn't me that broke your heart. Mm. He's looking for us to say, Lord, I'm here to repair the heart. I'm here to love your heart. You know, in truth, Father Stosh did wound the heart, you know, mm. when I didn't uh, love him the way I should have. You know, each of us wounds the heart. But when he exposes his broken heart to us, his pierced heart to us, he's not looking for us to make an excuse as to why it's like, well, dude, I was not alive. I wasn't around 2,000 years ago. That was not me, okay? You know, newsflash, you're the you know the alpha and the omega. You brought me into existence in 1981. I was not at Calvary. You know? He's not asking for the excuse. He's asking for the repair. 
Mm-hmm. That's the reparation. He's asking for me to make reparation for someone else or all of humanity who has hurt the heart. And that big word reparation, people are like, repa what? You know? mm-hmm. It's like, just think repair. You know, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not synonymous, reparation, repair, but it is related. And it's like, Lord, I don't know who did this to you. I don't know who is doing what to you right now, but I'm letting you know I love you now. And I'm here to offer up my communion and reparation as a repair for the love that you've given, but it hasn't been returned. I am returning the love. Now, Father, I've been getting emails about this very day about a global united effort for reparation for particular prayers and sacrifices um, for repairing the Mm. body of Christ, Mm. repairing you know, yeah. uh, uh, were you aware of that? Do you know about that? No, Are you but getting I've been those living emails? in a fog. <laughs> <laughs> I've been living like in a cloud, so I'm not sure. I haven't heard that. But yeah. I know there's a lot of invitations right now mm-hmm. because of different things taking place in the world and in the church to make acts of reparation. And, you know, it's basically just an echo of what our Lord asked yeah. for in the 1670s, you know, make an act of reparation. I mean, that's really what the first Friday is. You know, it's... um once a month, on the first Friday of every month, draw close to the sacred mysteries, like the bishop said, eternity in your hands, hmm. and just spend that time with the Lord uh, and receive our Lord, and then offer the graces of that Holy Communion up in reparation. You know, the power of the Mass, kind of going back to the last segment, we were speaking about the rushness of the season for our families, trying to hear how God speaks, uh, trying to find the Lord in the midst of all of this. You know, we have um, an opportunity to, you know, have the mass offered for our family. Go to your parish office and just say, listen, my family needs all the grace we can get. We're looking towards Christmas. We're looking towards the new year. You know, schedule a mass to be offered for your family. And I'm always amazed at how many people are like, well, then what are people going to think? And it's like, well, they're going to know that you want prayer. <laughs> you mm-hmm. want the, the highest prayer we That's have. A beautiful idea, have the mass Father. offered. The other thing is turn to scripture, read sacred scripture. And we're going to enter into a clip right now, you know, Enter into the scripture where the Lord speaks to you. And we're going to hear a clip from last month's Sacred Art Congress from Bill Messerly about the power of the Lord speaking to us in scripture. Open up sacred scripture. But one of the things that he told St. Margaret Mary in that first apparition is that his heart has loved so much but has not received anything in return. And he was human. Is it okay to be Serious. Yeah. Did he laugh? Absolutely. He laughed louder and longer than any of us here today. But not when he was revealing his heart. And it's not a sad thing. It's a reminder that his heart so loved us that he reaches out to us. We had a visitor last week, Sister Maria Goretti from California. She was taping an episode of one of our national programs on EWTN, Beyond Damascus, telling her vocation story. And I said, well, sister, I've been asking everybody that comes in here, what do they think about the Sacred Heart? And she looked at me, smiling boldly, and said, Bill, my name is Sister Maria Goretti of the Sacred Heart. (laughs) But she so beautifully said what Jesus said in so many of these apparitions in the 1600s. She said, I love the Sacred Heart because he's reaching 
his heart, his most intimate part of him, out to me, out to you. It changes my life. I know his heart, and it loves me. And I said, Sister Marie Goretti, how do you know he loves you? And she says, you know he loves you by his words in Scripture, by the Beatitudes in particular. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the pure in heart. What a beautiful way to learn about the Sacred Heart. Once again, that was a clip from last month's uh, Sacred Heart Congress held at St. Michael's Church's, the 8th Annual Congress of the Sacred Heart here in Columbus, Ohio. And that was Bill Messerly from St. Gabriel Radio giving us a beautiful talk. Oh, we are so blessed to have Bill. Yes, (laughs) he was very good. St. Gabriel Radio. Hit it out of the park. Hit it out of the park. park. And in that clip, you know, he highlights a conversation he had with Sister Mary Garetti of the Heart of Jesus. And, you know, one of the beautiful things is he ties it back to Scripture uh, because of what Sister had said to him in the conversation. You know, if we need peace, just open up the Holy Bible. You know, I told the people at Holy Family last Sunday, I was like, here's the thing, go to read Isaiah. Actually, just find the Bible in your home. You know, let that be the first treasure trove <laughs> yes. hunt. You know, find the Holy Bible. <laughs> open the Holy yes. Bible. Know that it is your life that you're supposed to be reading, you know, Isaiah. and read. And But it, when you read the words of the Gospels especially, there's a peace that comes because it's the words of Jesus, you know? Well, Father, I just wanted to say that one of the things that transformed my life was receiving the daily readings every day in my email. Mm. And for Ah. many of us, our first response is to pick up our phone. What did I miss? What's the news? You know, is there a school Mm. closing? And instead of, you know, one of the things that I am very deliberate at doing is saying nothing until I read the daily readings, until I start my day in prayer. And then I see the scriptures unfold and I see themes, you know, the blind man, you know, like I'm, I'm contemplating those scriptures throughout my day and the Lord's penetrating into my heart. So as we talk about enthronement, as we talk about the importance of Jesus coming in our home, he's the same Lord. He's Mm. completely consistent as the messages that he reveals in the gospel. So I think that's an important little life change but it's yeah. transformative and what better time than advent uh, what what has been helpful to me is for a long time i thought i couldn't uh, write in the bible or i couldn't make a note it was like i can't mess this page up this <laughs> yeah. is the bible but then i realized by buying a bible that i said no one way that i really learn and that you know to go back is underlining keywords mm-hmm. and Absolutely. key phrases. Yeah. And I really love the Bible that I do write in most of all. Mm-hmm. And you go back and then you say, yeah, that I, you know, I remember when I did that. Yes, that really is. And it's not like you're just looking at a lot of words on right. a page. So whatever works for you, definitely it's not my phone. <laughs> no, it is not my mom. But my I'm mom old. is not reading the gospel on her phone. But, so, <laughs> so therefore, find what really works for you. Yeah. Just make sure you immerse yourself in the scriptures yeah. to hear the voice of the Lord. And the Magnificat. Yeah. I love that. No, we're very blessed. Uh, you know, I have friends in Spain and they, they will tell me, they're like, you know, over there in America, in the English speaking world, you have so many things mm-hmm. at your fingertips mm-hmm. to help you grow. 
And, you know, they look at us almost with like holy envy, you know, and, <laughs> um, and it's, it's so true. Everything mm-hmm. from the Magnificat to the different Bible study programs mm-hmm. to form.org, you know, and, and Catholic radio, uh, and, you know, and even to be truthful and transparent, how the Holy Spirit has prompted something like Sacred Heart Columbus Absolutely. to bring the Lord's Sacred Heart back mm-hmm. into homes. We have so many beautiful things going on and taking place. But we go back to the sacraments, go back to Scripture, go back to our holy faith. Well, I'm excited about this last clip we have, Father. Oh, are we going to get to it? we're going to get to that last <laughs> clip because it is by Father Sash Daly. Yes. And one of the themes that I think is important to understand about enthronement is um, this gifted line that, you know, was given to Father Stosh. And it's, if you want a home oh. into his heart, bring his heart into your home. So that will be the theme of this next clip. And let's let's dive into it. Because if you enter into the heart of Jesus, you're entering into an abyss of love for humanity. Now, here's the thing. We know from what the bishop said, we know from what the Lord has said, there is love for each and every single human heart. That doesn't necessarily mean each of our hearts are going to respond. And that's why this Congress is so important. That's why the enthronement of the Sacred Heart of Jesus in your home is important. It gives you a stage, a platform, a place that is yours where you can wrestle with the reality of His love for you. We work hard and tirelessly so to make sure that the Sacred Heart is in our church, that He is in the tabernacle, and He is in our homes. We have to stop being the people who want to starve to death, who want to freeze to death who want to die a slow, agonizing death because we decide his warmth is not enough. We want the coldness of sin. Who says that? Who says that? No one says that, but that is how today the people of the world live. I don't want his warmth. I want this coldness. I don't want his food. I want starvation. I don't want satisfaction. I want emptiness. Jesus makes his heart available to humanity so that we may know satisfaction, completion is possible. Our hunger and our thirst can be taken care of. That thirst within our humanity can be satiated. That hunger, it can be obliterated. If you're looking for the meaning in your life, turn to the heart of Christ. Enter into the church. Enter into that place where you can pray and encounter the Lord in the Holy Eucharist, his heart in the Blessed Sacrament, but then realize as you receive Him in the Holy Mass, He wants to accompany you. He wants to dwell within you, and He wants to have a home within your heart, and He wants His heart within your home. What a great clip oh, by Father Stosh so Daly. Good. I don't know who authored those words. <laughs> I seriously don't. He was so uncomfortable. Was like, He's like, I can't handle hearing my own words. And the I entirety of his talk will be aired after uh, the bishop's talk after our program. Yeah, at 9 a.m. So stay tuned. Stay don't, tuned. Don't turn that dial, as we like to say. <laughs> but I think that, Father Stosh, you know, what you really summarized is the um, invitation to go deeper into the faith and to also during Advent, if you rely on Santa Claus and elves and, and make believe to feed your soul, mm. you will definitely be starving mm-hmm. come Christmas. And that's really what I heard you say. And I think that for many of us, it's so relevant in our, our day-to-day life. Yeah.
I don't. I'm one of those people. I do not like to listen to my own voice. Oh, I, I can't tell. stand it. <laughs> so, like, as the clip's playing, I remove the headphones and everything. Also, I'm like blowing my nose, humming to myself, you know. But I could hear in the background. It's like, where did those words come from? The Holy Spirit. Absolutely, yeah. totally. Yeah. not me at it's all. Good because it, you were really good. speaking from the heart. I still remember that, right, Father? Well, I mean, Chuck always sets this bar. He's like, okay, Father, wrap it all up, bring everything together. It's like, <laughs> seriously, what? I don't like public speaking. <laughs> it's like, is like there a toilet coach. that needs to be cleaned? <laughs> I'll go do that. But it's truly the Holy Spirit. I mean, everything that was there at the yeah. Congress, guiding the words from the bishop to Bill Messerly to the closing talk that um, I was privileged to give. It's a beautiful opportunity. But once again, please know the Holy Spirit wasn't just speaking at the Congress. He wants to yes. speak in your home. He wants to direct you to the heart of Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, the third person of the Trinity wants to direct you to the heart of the second person of the Trinity. And through that heart, we enter into the love of the Father in heaven. So really, you know, this first Friday hour dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, the St. Gabriel Radio, we ask all of you who have been able to join with us uh, for a few minutes or maybe for the full hour to just please prayerfully consider making the heart of Jesus at the center of your home, not only in this month of December on this first Friday, but in the uh, season of Advent, but also regardless of the time, regardless of the season, you know, please, as your brothers and sisters here at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio on the Sacred Heart Hour, we ask you, we really invite you, even beg you, you know, bring the heart of Jesus into your home so that we have that opportunity to hear and to know his love. And to really honor the Sacred Heart. Emily, it might be good to just tell our listeners a little bit about the newsletter. And that is such a help with bringing the Sacred Heart into your home and honoring the Sacred Heart. Well, hopefully everyone has in their inbox today another <laughs> round of the newsletter. <laughs> we do ship it out twice. If you don't open it on the first day of the month, it does come on the first Friday so that you know, um, you know, we're trying to send that that friendly reminder to go deeper into the faith. Um, one of the things I wanted to share briefly is that on Christmas and Easter and Thanksgiving, we renew our covenant to the mm. Sacred Heart as an extended family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I invite you to embrace that tradition. And you know what? There might be people that are a little uncomfortable in your family by these prayer time. It's okay. You know what? Many times we sit through things that are a little uncomfortable. Don't don't shy away from practicing your faith yeah. because of a few extended family members. I and invite you to do that. Also, um, I want to just extend one last final invitation for people to renew their enthronement, to embrace their enthronement, to participate in enthronement. And if you do um, register your enthronement at welcomeisheart.com, we have these really nice window clings that you actually put on your window. And I think that one of the, um, it's a great reminder to say this home has been enthroned and that Jesus is here physically present amongst the chaos and the mishaps of, of daily life. So um, check that out at welcomeisheart.com. So if you've already enthroned, re-enthrone, welcome him every single day. A blessing to have spent this hour with all of you. We commend ourselves to the mercy of God and bring this hour dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus to a close through the Sacred Heart of Jesus enthronement prayer. Most kind Jesus, we humbly kneel at thy feet. We renew the consecration of ourselves to thy divine heart. Be thou our King forever. In thee we have full and entire confidence. May thy spirit penetrate our thoughts, our desires, words, and deeds. Bless our undertakings, share in our joys and our trials and our labors. Grant us to know thee better, love thee more, and serve thee without faltering. Amen. Amen. Amen.
This is listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820 on WVSG Columbus and FM88.3 WSGR New Boston, Portsmouth.